Road. Uh, to join us, a man who was in the building calling the game last night, Jim Ralph, TSN 1050 Leafs color analyst. What's going on, Ralphie? Oh, not much, Michael. How are you guys doing? Ah, we're doing all right. I mean, last night was a pretty, pretty clean, sound game from the Maple Leafs, I thought. And, you know, we were talking about it prior to yesterday's game about how you know, maybe this game has a little bit more stock in it than a traditional Tuesday night December game. Did you feel like maybe, you know, the emotion that we saw within that game would, would you know, proved that to be true? Uh, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I think by April none of us are going to remember this. <laughs> no. you, don't th- you don't think they'll remember? I don't know. Why Jeez, is that? Ralphie, come on, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know what? They, I, I don't think, uh, you know, if you ever beat Tampa in seven games in the first round, you're going to say, yep, that game in December was the turning point for it. (laughs) But I I will say this. I think that their best, uh, you know, some of their best efforts this year have been uh, in New Jersey, even though they got the the three goals called back by the Devils. The Devils were on a winning streak. Boston came in and was on a winning streak. And uh, that might have been their best game of the season before last night. So I think uh, combined what it shows is that they can play with the best in the league and, and at times dominate the best in the league. So, I think that's that's what you might take away from it more than, you know, you you beat a team that knocked you out of the playoffs in December. Ralphie, I wanted to get your take. You you've been watching Michael Bunting all year. It's been kind of a funny season for Bunting because you know it's a contract year for him. Uh, we know early in the year he and Sheldon Keefe uh, were not necessarily seeing eye to eye on how he should be playing. He was demoted uh, off a top six role for some time last night. Though he finds himself in prime form, not only scores the one-timer uh, that was the first goal of the game, but you know draws the ire of the opponents in the way only Michael Bunting can. Uh, gets buried into the boards by a cheap Kucherov hit, gets slashed by Sergachev, who gets fined $5,000. He's in the center of it all, uh, including a row with the linesman Dan Kelly. You know, what have you made of the evolution of Bunting's season so far? Yeah, well, you know what, David? I think it was sort of indicative that, that you know, the top six weren't working at the start of the year, and that's why, you know, Martin and Matthews were split up, and, you know, it was sort of a constant, uh, um, you know, chemistry uh, test for, uh, for Sheldon Keefe to try to find combinations that will work. So I think he just, you know, he was just part of that. I don't think it was him specifically, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right off the bat, it wasn't Matthews, Marner, and Bunting no working like they had in the past. So, but uh, you know, I think he he had the two goal game in Pittsburgh and then hasn't scored for another eight or ten. But uh, yeah, you're starting to see. You know, there's there's some guys that always say I have to be on the edge to play well, and uh, sometimes you shrug your shoulders, and other times you say, "Yep, that seems about right." And Michael Bunting seems to be one of those guys that to be to be fully engaged in the game, he's. Uh, He's got to be the most noticeable guy on the ice for, for better or for worse. In conversation with Jim Ralph, TSN 1050 Leafs color analyst, um, you know, kind of keep on that theme about Michael Bunting in the top six. And, you know, early, once they got split up, it was Mitch Marner and John Tavares in that second line that was heating up. And Tavares or Marner ripped off that 23-game heater. And then of late, the last few games, and last night in particular, it's been that top line that has been uh, the catalyst for the Maple Leafs. Do you think that we'll see a, a much longer extended look at Matthews and Marner split up here and, and give these lines a real big run? Or do you think at some point keeps thinking about putting these two, uh, these two back together soon? Uh, I, I think it'll be a, a shorter, shorter period to put them back together than it was to take them apart. I think, you know, if they go 
three or four games where um, you know the offense isn't there. I think it's a pretty uh, pretty much a no-brainer just to throw them back together. I mean, I think any time you've got one of the best setup guys in the league um, with one of the best finishers in the league, it's uh, it's probably what you want ideally. And and you know the other side of it is you almost start to think that William Nylander can can drive a line on his own the way yeah. he's played this year. Yeah. So I, so I think that's. You know that would play into the equation. I I don't think it would be uh, too long. Obviously, when you're on a point streak and a Marner had his own personal point streak and everything's going well, you're not even going to consider it. But I think if if you had a three or four game stretch, which they will at some point, where um, things are going offensively, I um, if I had to guess, I would say come playoff time, uh, it'll be Matthews and Marner back together. Yeah, for sure, Ralphie. So I was curious about your thoughts. You, you and you and Bonesy were in the booth last night uh, for the game down at Scotiabank Arena, and there was that moment, a bit of a strange one, where you saw Dan Kelly attempting to usher Michael Bunting off the ice, and then get, getting quite physical in uh, shoving Michael Bunting off the ice. And Bunting had some, uh, you know, some colorful words to say. You could, if you're a lip reader, uh, after that <laughs> happened, you've seen a lot of crazy things happen in, in the NHL over the years, Ralphie. What did you make of that particular uh, interaction? Nah, I don't think it was anywhere close to Ty Domi beating up a fan in Philadelphia. In <laughs> Not quite. You know, that was something you know, else. So it was, uh, I don't know, I think maybe at first Bunting was trying to draw an extra penalty. And then realized, oh, you know, this is the ref. This is going to work. But <laughs> right. I, I think from the from the linesman's point of view, because it looked like uh, there was going to be a scrum, uh, at least had the extra guy on the ice, and probably the best guy to get off at that point was Michael Bunting. So um, I, I know the uh, the linesman is a former uh, former defenseman who played in the American League, and uh, you know, as as much as it you know it was a big deal about it, um, I think he probably did the right thing. You know, if, if to make sure it didn't escalate, um, you know, make sure it's four on four and you get the one guy that might stir it up the most um, off the ice. I mean, I didn't think it was, you know, if it was if it was one player against another, uh, we wouldn't be talking about this. But because it was a linesman and, and he was pushing, <laughs> pushing Bunting to the exit, uh, we probably got a little more, uh, a little more play than I think it should have. I didn't... Uh, I didn't look at it as, as this monumental moment in uh, in sports. Kelly Arncroft returned to the lineup last night. Didn't play a, a whole lot. The 12 minutes and 50 seconds registered an assist on one of the uh, the empty netters. But what did you make of of Yarncroft's return to the lineup? Yeah, solid. I mean, it's you know they've they've just had a tough time filling the left side beside uh, uh, John Tavares. Um, you know, whether whether it was, you know, with Nylander earlier, we've seen, uh, you know, Dennis Maligan, obviously that didn't work. Nick Robertson got hurt in his latest stint, and we've seen Alex Kerfoot there. So um, I, I think ideally you want the bunting type, you know, the the guy that can get in heavy on the forecheck and, and create turnovers for them. Um, I, I don't know that it's it's worked to that extent so far, uh, but, uh, you know, Yarn Kerfoot gets hurt, you know, early in his Audition for that second line spot, so uh, I think you got to give it a few more games to see if, if in fact, you've got that um, that chemistry that can, um, you know, make you a more balanced top six. Hey, uh, Ralphie, I was curious about uh, you know the way the Maple Leafs dominated the possession of the puck last night, holding Tampa to eight shots through two periods, a season low nineteen shots. 
for the entirety of the game. Uh, obviously, really impressive from a Maple Leafs perspective. But if you're if you're in the goal net for the Maple Leafs, uh, like Matt Murray was. What, how challenging do you think that was for Murray to stay engaged when his team's down on the other end laying 40 shots on Vasilevsky and, the, and there's not a ton of traffic coming his way for long stretches? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it helps getting the two-goal lead anyway. I think, you know, if it's a one-goal game here, <laughs> sure. you're looking up at the shot clock and you're going, oh, no. Uh, you know, that, that's when a goaltender is in a position where he can only lose it for you. Uh, he can't win it. He uh, gave up the one goal off the face-off, which was off a rebound, and um, I don't think you'd say it was a bad goal at all. But, yeah, it can be tough sometimes because you know you're in a position now that you outplayed the opposition. But, you know, once Tampa made it 2-1 in the third, and I think they had six comeback third-period wins uh, this year already. And you're thinking, you know, they're so skilled that, um, you know, if they get a power play or, you know, an odd-man rush, uh, you could find yourself going into overtime in a game that you've dominated. So, uh, yeah, it's difficult for a goaltender because, like I said, you – you know, even when, you know, Ken Dryden in the late 70s with those Montreal teams, a lot of times you'd have 18 to 20 shots, but you'd have to make two or three really difficult saves at the right time in the game uh, to allow the Canadians to get going. And that sort of reminded me of Murray last night where he still came up with some big saves, but obviously not as noticeable as the guy at the other end. In conversation with Jim Ralph, our TSN 1050 color analyst i'm curious to get your thoughts on we'll stick with the theme of of goaltending because both matt murray and Ilya samsonov really have been fantastic uh, so far this year i don't think anybody could have asked for um, any more of what they've been able to provide both of which in the 920s and same percentage and pretty solid when it comes to uh, their, their goals against average as well have it, has it gotten to a point, Ralphie, where you're comfortable enough to, you know, say, look at these two goalies and just know that you're going to get a good effort each and every night they're out there? Have they earned that trust from you and, and from Sheldon Keefe, you think? Well, I'm, I, I would go a step further, Mike, and say that uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense when you look at the injuries, that uh, this is the best defensive team I've seen from the Leafs in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Now, even you go back to the Curtis Joseph era or, um, you know, you, all, you almost have to go back to the early 90s when it was the Bob Rouse, Todd Gill, Sylvain Lefebvre, Dave Ellett uh, era where they, they they protect exceptionally well. And, uh, you know, even with the offense of Tampa, they didn't give, a lot, give up a lot off the rush. Uh, Mark Giordano might be quietly the, the, the most valuable guy they've had in the blue line. Yeah. And wow. if, um, you know, the, so if that continues, that makes it easier for the goaltenders. You know, you, you get some offense at the other end and uh, rebounds are cleared and, and players are boxed out. And um, I think the goaltenders have benefited from that. So I think the, the bottom line is I think the trust goes both ways where uh, you do your job and allow me to do mine and nobody has to start second guessing. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Ralphie. And, and it's interesting that, you know, we are exactly a month removed from Morgan Riley's last game before he went down with the MCL injury. Uh, Darren Dreger of TSN reporting yesterday that it's likely that Morgan Riley, who is now skating, is still a couple of weeks away from returning. But you look at the numbers since Riley went down, and of course that coincided with the news around Jake Muzzin being gone for the year uh, and, and TJ Brody also being out with an oblique injury at the time. They are in the 13 games since. They're 10-2-1, and one, and they are the best defensive team in the league 
as measured by goals against per game played at 1.92, Ralphie. You know, what does it say that their number one defenseman went out and they played better defense than they ever have? Yeah, and even let's not forget that Victor Mate comes in and gets hurt. Uh, Jordy Ben comes in and gets hurt. And, you know, you you think especially when it's happened, when the Leafs are struggling a little bit, you thought, okay, now you're going to see what kind of resolve and what kind of characters in the dressing room because uh, you got off to the slow start and now you've got an excuse. Right. So you either ride that excuse and say, okay, we're a 500 team, but we got to wait till we get guys back or everybody's going to take on the added responsibility and as a team play better. And, and I think that's what's been impressive about it is that, you know, everybody's hunkered down and, and you know, you hope uh, that's going to lead to the being even better once Morgan Riley uh, gets back. So, I mean, I, I just think it's uh, it, it's been impressive that uh, the team facing adversity, both in the standings and, and on the injured list, uh, find a way to play, you know, the best hockey of the year. So I I think that's um, – and, and then at the same time, uh, you're getting a look at something like Connor Timmons. I don't think anybody looked and thought, oh, boy, this is going to be a huge move for the Leafs. Uh, but now it looks like you got a pretty reliable guy that, you know, if – um, you know, you're going to need depth uh, down the stretch into the postseason, and um, he, he looks like a pretty valuable pickup for Kyle Dubas. Yeah, and, I mean, the injury bug continues to hit the blue line, so you, you can't, they can't have enough blue liners apparently this season with now Rasmus Sandin, who's going to be uh, reevaluated but not going to play tomorrow. Uh, really appreciate it, as always, Ralphie. Uh, if I don't see you or talk to you between now and for the rest of the week, have a very Merry Christmas, and Enjoy the holidays. Well, you can still text me. That's true. I'll shoot you a note. I'll shoot you a note, pal. (laughs) And one of those Uh, cute pictures, those family pictures of a dog. I will. I'll send it to you. We got a little, there's a nice little uh, sweater he's got, a little dog sweater. (laughs) Uh, I knew you'd do it. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks, David. All right. See you, Ralphie. Jim Ralph, TSN 1050 Leafs uh, color analyst. Um, 